Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. Boom, I'm in the room. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Everyday Conversations Regarding Mental Health. So much. <laughs> it's always something kicking off. Um, I had two guests coming on tonight. There appears to be a little bit of a drama. Um, I've not heard from them. Not sure what's going on. Not sure whether they, they, they missed a call or the internet's down. Um, I've had a call from my neighbours. Their internet's not playing the game at the moment. So... Not quite sure what's occurring. Hopefully, I'm going out. Hopefully, you're getting this. Um, so what? <laughs> what's going on tonight? Uh, because there's nothing on the telly, that's why you're here. And I'm coming to you live from the old Hill Manor. So, tonight, what I'm going to do, I'm going to keep it fairly short, I think. Um, but tonight, I'm going to talk about... Um, obviously, we had the... The live awesome pub quiz on a Tuesday. That's over on the, the quiz channel. And to find that, just type in live awesome pub quiz and you should find it. Uh, we go live every week at eight o'clock. Myself and the Duchess, or the Justice and myself, Lord Hill, we uh, we present the quiz. She compiles all the quizzes and they are a lot of fun. Um, so there you go. However, this channel... Um, or this part of the channel is all about uh, mental health, mental well-being and taking the stigma out of mental health issues um, and trying to encourage people to talk about um, their well-being um, and their problems. Quite often we can help um, just by talking. So what I thought, um, is this one I've had in the, the sort of the back of my mind for this sort of occasion when my guests don't turn to. So I'm going to talk about my issues. Um, I've got one or two. <laughs> that's, that's how come I, I got around to talking about it. So if this is your first time here, um, please pop in the comments, let me know where you're watching from, and um, don't forget to smash the old like button. All helps at the end of the day. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, sorry. <sighs> Done it again. Lost, I forgot. I changed the scene and hadn't unlocked the sound. Take it, there is sound now. So I've been waffling on for a few minutes. <laughs> Anyway, the long and the short story is the rest of that tour of Northern Ireland in 77 uh, was pretty rough and it did have an effect on me years later. Um, did you have no sound? Yeah, it was my fault. Absolutely my fault. There is sound now, trust me. <laughs> I can see the sound now. So... Just reiterate, what I was talking about tonight is, is some of my issues and some of the problems that I've 
suffered over the years. Um, so that was uh, 77, and a lot happened on that. I first, saw my first dead body, um, saw mates being injured and stuff like that. Uh, quite a few minutes. Again, I don't want to go back over it. Um, I'll move on. So over the years, um, particularly the last last twenty odd years, um, but I did I did uh, another another tour of Northern Ireland in in nineteen um, when was it eighty to eighty two, and another fairly sort of busy two years. Uh, we were resident Bedanon up in Londonderry, and a few things happened on that one that. Um, that affected me in later years and at the time, really. <laughs> Back then, things weren't dealt with um, like they do uh, nowadays. Anyway, so uh, moving on, um, I missed out on the, the first Gulf War. We were in Northern Ireland for the Falklands, so we missed that as well. Um, and then... I had a little bit of a break and then I'd, I'd gone to the reserves and, and in the reserves I, I transferred into a, a unit uh, called 15 UK Psychological Operations Group and when I got recruited onto the to the group, the the commander says, uh, if, we, if we take you onto the group, would you be prepared to deploy out if the need arised? I thought, yeah, of course I would. <laughs> Not thinking that it would, but it did. My first, um, I've been on the, the group for about six months and I found myself being deployed to Kosovo in uh, the back end of 1999. And then I ended up doing two tours of, of Kosovo back to back. So that was me. Um, I saw quite a lot of horrors on that tour. Um, I visited some of the mass graves as part of my job and yeah that that has a little bit of a yeah that can play on your mind a little bit you see some of the stuff that's what people can do to other people it just beggars belief sometimes then um 18 months later i uh <laughs> deployed out to macedonia macedonia was a funny one uh, we were doing a weapons collection and during that tour, 9-11 happened. So that was about the, the only notable thing on the tour. I mean, I was, I was up in the mountains a, a couple of times with the, the paras, um, collecting in weapons, getting imagery and stuff like that. That was fine. Five months later, uh, in back end of January 2002, I find myself flying into Kabul. And, um, yeah, bitterly cold. Um, that six months I spent in Kabul, I came out on the 20th of June when we handed over to the um, the Turks. The Turks took the lead, uh, particularly in our discipline, which is PSYOPs. Um, they took over the, the work that we, we started, basically. And uh, I was pleased when I went back in 2006 that they'd carried on that work and it carried on for from 2002 to 2006. 
um, in the same format that we'd put together, which was great. That tour was great. Um, it was it was for us at that time. It was fairly benign. Um, there wasn't a lot of horrors that, that went on. Two thousand six was a different barrel of monkeys altogether. In fact, just to take you back two thousand late two uh, was it late two thousand four early five. I went to um, Iraq. Uh, I was based out of the the airport in Basra. And I spent a lot of time bouncing around southern Iraq, uh, visiting police stations, police chiefs and stuff like that. It wasn't a great job, and <laughs> so not hiding to nowhere. But three quarters away through that tour, um, I, I got a call on a, I think it was a Friday afternoon, to go and see the Padre. Well, that's weird. <laughs> Never had a Padre, wanting to see me before. Anyway... Called me in, told me that um, my wife at the time, uh, Sandra, had been diagnosed with cancer and she started a treatment on the Monday. I'm going home. <laughs> so um, that was the worst 24 hours of my life. Um, getting me from, from Basra back to the UK. Uh, and I was home on a Saturday afternoon. Awful, awful weekend. Um, and the Monday we, we turned up at a wooden spoon unit in, in Aylesbury and I spent the next six months um, going through the treatment with her and it was awful. Really awful. At the end of that, they said, um, if you're clear for two years, you'll be fine. Year and 11 months later, it came back. She didn't last long. Um, she died on the Six, uh, no, on the, uh, the 10th of November, 2006. I didn't cope with it particularly well. Um, I was earmarked to go back to Afghanistan uh, and I ended up going back to Afghanistan in, I think it was February of 2007. And I didn't really deal with it. The grieving process. It went on the back burner. Um, at the time, uh, Sarah, Sandra's daughter, she took on the, the role of, of packing the house up, etc. And I came back on R&R, signed some papers, moved my stuff into some storage uh, and into a room into the mess. When I came back, the house had sold um, and I still, still took me a long time to to get through that grieving process. Never felt so lonely in my life when I came back. While I was out in Afghanistan, it's fine. I, I was busy. My mind was kept occupied with the work. Came back, I had six weeks leave. Never felt so miserable lonely. And I was in the mess one night drinking. And I was drinking quite a bit. Um, one of the blokes said, well, why don't you try internetdating.com? So I did. Um, so the next few weeks, I, I went out on a few dates. And um, that was that, really. Um, I got together with one young lady for a bit. For a, I think it lasted about 18 months before. Um, that didn't last. Um, and then I, I did another tour of Afghanistan 
And when I came back after that, um, I got together with the current uh, the Duchess, um, who was my best mate's wife. My best mate died um, a year and a day um, before Sandra. So we both had some real shit to deal with in our lives. And have I dealt with mine? I was all right until I came out. Um, see, um, about 18 months, two years out after I left. I left in 2018 and um, must have been just after lockdown. We, we, we're done. Do we go around? Around the UK, yeah, just after we got back from going around the UK, um, I had a bit of a wobble. So I went to the doctor, obviously, been a welfare officer. I knew what I was talking about. Um, so I went to see the doctor. He offered me some drugs. I declined them. He offered me some uh, counselling, so I accepted that. Counsellors were good. Um, I saw two of them um, for about four or five times. Unfortunately, they didn't understand what was going inside my head. They didn't understand what I've seen. They were civvies. They just don't get it. Um, and I managed to have a chat with a with a couple of mates and um, got myself sorted out. And I'm still okay. So what I would say is um, anybody that's going through problems, have a chat with people. Whether it's start with your doctor or start with your mates. Don't bottle it up. Got another little problem. Um, when was it? It was a while back now. Uh, must have been 2013, 14, somewhere about there. Um, had a blood test with a doctor. Had the old digit exam. Got to that age. <laughs> Got a slightly enlarged prostate. And uh, I thought it's normal getting up and down a couple of times in the night. Normally is. Uh, anyway, so um, when I had uh, got referred on to urology, that's not a nice experience. However, it has to be done. They took me into East Surrey Hospital and um, they couldn't find enough blokes to hold me down. So they had to put me out and they did what they called prostate mapping. And they took, uh, I think it was about 32 different samples off my prostate. Almost took it away. <laughs> that really, <laughs> and um, it come back. It's it's okay, but it's just it, for some reason it's inflamed. Um, so what they do is they just monitor it every six months. They go and have a blood test. Piece of cake. I've got slightly high cholesterol. Again, just a blood test every six months. Oh no, it's once a year for that. Um, and it was up slightly from the last time, but it's still nothing too much to worry about. Again, you don't feel anything with cholesterol. <laughs> you don't know if stuff's going on until you have the blood test. But I'd encourage you to go and see your doctor, get get it done. It's a piece of cake. And then the other thing is uh, rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. Osteos, where his sort of joints are quite worn out. I mean, what I've done, I've, I'm surprised anything's <laughs> intact, but yeah, 
we got some trouble with hips and knees, and um, I'm under the um, what do you call them? Um, orthopedic surgeon for that, and I saw him um, a couple of months ago, and another look at the hips, and we're just going to monitor it for the time being while I'm managing the pain, while I'm able to to, to get around okay. Um, he, he said it's best to leave it until until they get sort of bad and then we can do it. He don't want to do it too early. Um, so, again, getting checked out for that. Now, the other thing that really I struggle with is hearing. I am a little bit mutton. And that's due to, I mean, firing guns and stuff like that over the years. When I first started out, hearing protection wasn't really thought too much about. Um, you, you had little green lug plugs and when you went to the ranges, it's only recent years that they started using sort of the bigger Amplivox. And... But when you go on operations, you don't... Well, we didn't have that luxury. The last tour, I think they were starting to bring out these ones that, that fit into your ears that, that you should be able to hear. Normal conversations, but block out loud noises. Didn't have any of those. Um, and consequently, um, I got into a few firefights on my last tour uh, and the tour before in 2006. And, yeah, your ears are ringing. Nowadays, I've got tinnitus. And my tinnitus is, at the moment, really, really bad. Um, I saw the tinnitus specialist last week. Uh, I saw him a few months ago. I've got to see him again in a couple of months' time. But imagine this constant noise and there's no let up for it and it can drive people suicidal and I've had those suicidal thoughts I really have <laughs> just drives it to distraction but there's, there's again it, it's, it's trying to manage it it's trying to find a distraction um, to to take away the, the tinnitus. And it's worse at night. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a real drama sometimes. When I take my hearing aids out, everything goes quiet apart from the tinnitus gets louder. And I've got, and I've got an app um, where I can change the settings on my hearing aids and I can, I can I've got a couple of um, programs on there where I can have some noise to distract from tinnitus, there's one sort of sea sound and there's one sort of white noise, which sort of kind of mimics the uh, the tinnitus, but not quite. But it is really debilitating. And if I take my hearing aids out, um, then I, I struggle hearing what people are saying. If I go into a crowded room or uh, a, a, a noisy environment, it just I might as well just switch off because I can't hear what's going on and it's really really frustrating for that and that has a, a detrimental effect on your mental well-being but it's all about managing it so my advice to anybody is if you are suffering anything particularly blokes blokes find it really difficult to talk about stuff if you're having a little bit of trouble with your walk works, might be nothing, but go and get it checked out. 
it's a little bit uncomfortable for for a few seconds while you're getting the digit exam, but that's the start. If if you're having trouble with getting up and down in the night, it might be nothing, but go and get it checked out. Like I have lots of trouble with with these maulers. Um, if you have a look, they're quite swollen up at the moment. But I go like that every day. My ankles swell up, um, and it's painful. All the time, it's painful. It's pain in my back all the time. I get um, I get brufen <laughs> prescription, and I used to get the six hundred milligram ones, and they they were good. Only pop one of those or two of those, boom! It uh, it took away some of the pain. Now I get they've done away with the six hundreds. You can only get four hundreds, so I'd take three four hundreds to, to have an effect. <laughs> but then again, you've got to take something called a lamprosol, which protects your stomach. Hi, Katie. Good evening. Um, just talking about some of my stuff. Hi, Chris. Hi, Corinne. Yeah, I started off where, <laughs> where I was on mute. So hopefully you didn't catch the mute. But what I'm trying to do is is encourage people. If 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 they don't feel right, go and get it checked out. And the sooner you get it checked out, the sooner something can be dealt with. That's the problem with blokes. They leave it and leave it and leave it until it's too late. And when it's too late, then it's too late, if you know what I mean. Can your tummy cope with the brufing? Yeah, I take Lamprosol with it. Um, and I have to, I, I pop my Lamprosol and I take it, always always have, have, have take it with biscuits um, or, or, or food. You just need to, to protect, because <laughs> brufing's great for giving you ulcers. <laughs> Don't want to get ulcers. Um so what I'd take is is the Lamprosol, um, which protects the, st- the stomach lining, um, and I take those as a nat- uh, as a daily take, um, and one a day, just to help the the old stomach. Along with all the handful of other pills that I have to take every day, <laughs> so I'm on a statin. I'm on a um, what else I'm on. A statin, uh, something called uh, leflunamide, and that's for my rheumatoid. I was on methotrexate. Methotrexate's a funny old thing. Um, it was all right. It, it, I didn't have problems, too many problems with it. Um, but you have to have a blood test every week when you're taking these things. And what it does, um, it, it can attack your old liver. But I was on the methotrexate for, for about 18 months or so, and then they started me off on a lefludamide with it, and then weaned us off the methotrexate, and now I just take the lefludamide once a day. Occasionally I get flares, and they call them flares, and, and that's when your joints swell up and and, and added pain, <laughs> basically. So pop, um, pop brufen to help that as well, um, and that generally works. So what the point I'm trying to get over is I, like many people, have health issues. And it's really, 
and what's part of the problem is military. Being in the military, you get this mindset where you get on with it. You don't, um, well, most soldiers moan anyway, but that's part of being a, a soldier. But it, it's, it's that mindset of getting on with it. That's what... Um, that's what it's really about is 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 that ability to just get on uh, with it and and sometimes I mean in the morning's a nightmare you're trying to get out of bed in the first thing and then getting out have a shower can't have a bath because I can't get in and out of bloody thing um, and then I, I struggle at putting my socks on and <laughs> putting my shoes on so it's, and, and and getting each leg in a pants <laughs> so occasionally she has to help. Oh, it's embarrassing. But it's it's part of life. It's part of that old rich tapestry. Um But there you go. I've got ulcers from aspirin. See? Lampasol. Boop. They protect your guts. Um I don't know what happens once you've got ulcers. <laughs> Is there a way of getting rid of them? Stop taking aspirin. But I suppose aspirin you need to sort of uh, for for the blood and all that. Anyway, I've rattled on for a little bit to, tonight. The reason I had to do it tonight is because my guests, uh, for some reason, haven't turned to. Occasionally it happens. This is a real shame. Um, we were going to be talking about um, PTSD and... Um, what was it? Uh, sex... Drugs and Jesus. <laughs> but unfortunately, um, it didn't turn to. So maybe we'll get them back in uh, another time. So I'm going to pull the pin on this now. Um, thank everybody for joining, uh, for getting in the conversation. Hopefully, I haven't given you too many nightmares. Um, I have enough trouble with my own. <laughs> um, so until. Till next week for the for over on the quiz channel. Got another great quiz for you next week. And next week, um, I've got another guest lined up to come on the show. Hopefully they'll turn on, <laughs> turn to, and uh, we'll have that conversation next week. So until then, this is me from the old live Hill Manor. Uh, there was... I am a best-selling author. Did you know that? Um, I just plugged the book, uh, Podmatch, Host Mastery. I'm one of the, the 16 experts on Podmatch for... Uh, f- I'm, I'm one of the... Last year, for four months straight, I was number one host on Podmatch. No mean feat, trust me. I'll drop down... A, <laughs> I'm in the top 1% still, but it's a, it's a challenge to... To, to keep it up that sort of momentum. But if you want to find guests for your shows, uh, if you want a guest on shows, there's a, another one that's Guest Mastery uh, on Podmatch. Podmatch is a great resource for finding people uh, for all sorts of stuff. Take care, Tim. Uh, great to hear you again. Thank you, Katie. It's great meeting you again. Mate, great meeting you at the uh, the podcast fest or the pod, yeah, podcast show. <laughs> so, got my like a sieve. So, until next week, then, uh, TTFN, ta ta for now.
Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.